Hey guys, yeah, I know I didn't do this yesterday because, or last night I should say, because I was tired and, you know, my mom was on the phone with my sister and, um, you know, sometimes she might walk across the hallway and then tell me, oh, the, she's put on the alarm and everything for, you know, for the night and everything and, I, you know, I just didn't want to deal with the interruptions or anything. Not saying that, that not saying it's not a good thing because it is, it is, but I wanted to come on here now and give you my thoughts on last night's third episode on, uh, you know, from Dark Side of the Ring, I should say, the, se the fourth season, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, the fourth season of Dark Side of the Ring, and the third episode they did was on the Graham family, basically breaking, it's ba basically the title of the episode was called Breaking the Cycle, the Graham Dynasty, and uh, they did put up a warning and everything uh, talking about what is going to be discussed or what was discussed in the episode and everything. Um, and honestly, you know, even though we're in the early portion, basically the first half of uh, this season and everything, this is probably going to be one of the darker episodes they've done this season, if not for the entire series as a whole. Um, <laughs> long story short, long story short, they, 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 <laughs> they, they, um, <clears throat> excuse me, long story short, um, they had, you know, they, they, they had basically, um, not a lot of people, but just the right amount of people to, you know, talk with, um, here, um, in, in, in this episode. They even had archival footage from an RF, uh, shoot video, uh, that Mike Graham did back in, uh, uh 2010, basically 13 years ago. So, you know, they had, you know, plenty of people uh, to, you know, talk with or, you know, hear uh, past discussions from. Uh, they had uh, Mike Graham's daughter, Nicole, Nicole Goslett, uh, Goslet, I think, uh, who is Eddie Graham's uh, granddaughter. They um, had Kevin Sullivan. They had B. Brian Blair, which I, the moment I saw him, it's like I knew who he was uh, and everything. Uh, they had people basically associated strongly uh, for the early portions, if not later portions, of the career with championship wrestling from Florida. And I, I like I said, I will say this: this is going to be, like I mentioned, this is going to probably go down as one of the darker episodes they have done um, the entire not just not just this entire season, but the for the entire series, because they didn't just touch a they didn't just touch upon you know, um, the Graham family themselves, but they also touched upon the person that um, Eddie took his name from, basically took, you know, his inspiration for his name from or was given to him, and that was Dr. Jerry Graham. Um, and, yeah, they basically mentioned, long story short, that when um, Eddie was in the business, people said, you look like Dr. Jerry Graham. And even though they weren't by blood, they were not by blood, uh, related to each other or anything like that, it was still enough for, um, it was still enough, um, I guess you could say push for Eddie to meet Jerry and they became a tag team, one of the more notorious heel tag teams of the 50s and the 60s, um, if you will. And they were one of the few uh, reoccur, I wouldn't say reoccurring, but somewhat <coughs> reoccurring heel teams uh, to headline Madison Square Garden around that time frame. And they were known as 
you know, the Graham brothers, or they would be nicknamed the Golden Grahams, which I guess, I don't know if Golden Grahams as a cereal was around back then, but, you know, that was their name. And, of course, historically, anybody that, you know, uh, studies wrestling or looks up and researches wrestling, you know, knows that they became tag team champions. You know, they know this. They know they became, you know, tag team champions and everything. Um... You know, in the you know throughout the career, not just like in the WWF and everything, you know, where Vince McMahon Senior uh, operated, but throughout other portions of the NWA, Florida, you know, Midwest and and all that. You know, so they, you know, so they basically um, competed, like I said, all across, all across the board, um, if you will. Um, as a tag team. Um, but then, of course, they get into one dark portion of uh, <coughs> of the um, of the story about Jerry Graham. Jerry Graham, basically, very well, we'll put it this way: very, very much into alcohol, but mentally was not very stable in everything. And, of course, they got into the inf- very well-renowned, infamous incident that pretty much killed his career. It pretty much killed his career, 86 it. And that is the fact that when his mom went into the hospital because, you know, she, um, she was, I guess, had an illness that was, you know, killing her, you know, not, do- not doing her any favors, if you will. He basically threatened the doctor and the orderly. He said... She better come out of this hospital in good health. And according to what Jim Cornette said, that, you know, the moment, well, it, would, it wouldn't be the moment, but after he said that to the doctor, later on, you know, he got the exact opposite. His mom died. And Dr. Jerry Graham, or Jerry Graham basically, you know, not being in his right mind, you know, everything, not being in his right mind, you know, got a pistol, got a shotgun, got a knife, went into the hospital, started shooting at the doctor, or the old, who he feels was responsible, this dude. You know, he was going to get a chance to, you know, to bury her and everything, you know, if they would have just, you know, let them do, let them do their job. You know, it's like, what is, you know, um, you know, what, you know, it's like, what is wrong with this dude? They were going to let him, you know, bury her if they would have, they would have let him do so if they would, if he would have, um, if they would have let him do, if he would have just let them do their job and everything. But that never happened. That never happened and everything because, 
he was not right in the mind. He was not right in the mind, if you will. And he just carried her off. Now, I think, now I think they did say that the cops did catch up to him and all that. He did get arrested and all that. But, yeah, he was just not in his right mind, especially when that situation happened. You know, he was, he was not in his uh, right mind whatsoever. But, basically, they did talk about that Eddie just said he couldn't work with Eddie, Eddie uh that uh, he couldn't work with Jerry, I should say, anymore after that, and went off to Florida. And when he went off to Florida, basically, long story short, after having a successful stint there and everything, you know, a successful run, I should say, he bought into the territory. He bought into it and eventually became the owner. Now, Nicole, his granddaughter, spoke very highly of him and everything, said he was a teddy bear and, and such. Um... But they all, but of course they had they they dug into you know his demons they dug into the um, the moments that rocked his world if you will in a very unfortunate way uh, they of course talked about Mike and how Mike uh, you know got into the business and everything and how his Mike wasn't you know from a persona standpoint like his father but he did have the wrestling uh, credentials because he was wrestling even at the age of ten and everything he was you know, wrestling at the age of 10 and all that. And they did have archival footage, like interviews and all that, uh, for them. But again, of course, you know, this is not called Dark Side of the Ring for nothing. And they got into the dark portions of it where basically, you know, he started to get involved and getting his hands and all these other businesses outside of the wrestling business and everything uh, within the state of Florida, you know, where he would, um, you know, basically... Um, and that's the Noon Horn, I do apologize for that, here in Newman. Uh, but basically he would have his hands, you know, in all these, you know, different, you know, places. You know, he's had, he's had his fingertips and hands in all these different, you know, areas uh, of Florida. He would, you know, to not only help promote, you know, uh, championship wrestling from Florida, but also, to, I, I, I guess to kind of maybe find something outside of the business once he was done or something. But basically to improve the image, really make, you know, himself and championship wrestling from Florida look good. But again, it was the, uh, but again, he was also involved in stuff, like I was saying, to where uh, basically, it, you know, some of the stuff he was involved in outside of the charities and, and you know, organ, and, you know, the charities and boys and girls clubs and stuff that he was involved in, you know, he was also involved in some other shady deals within the Florida area that basically came back to bite him, you know, very financially. You know, they came back to bite him. And that's what led to him, or at least one of, it was one of the things that led to him, uh, to uh, drinking. He started to drink, you know, very heavily. And according to a, fr family of the fr a friend of the family, who they did interview, her name was Dottie Curtis. She was the husband of a wrestler or I think one of the wrestlers that you know were in Florida or one of the partners of Eddie Graham's um dot uh um uh I can't think of his name but it was another I think it was her name was Dottie and I think his name was Donnie or Dot Curtis or something like that but anyway you know she basically starts mentioning that the alcoholing you know the alcohol alcoholism I should say alcoholism for um, Eddie Graham was getting was getting bad. It was getting bad to where anytime he would come back into town, 
If a store was open late, he would go in there and buy the cheapest bottle of wine he could buy. He would. You know, he would buy the cheapest bottle of wine, you know, he could find. And it even got so bad that even Mike as a child, according to what Dottie said, would, at one night, would ride his bike over to a uh, bridge because his father, drinking and everything very heavenly, went out to ride his boat. And, you know, of course, you got to think you're a young kid, about 10, 12 years old. And you're afraid that your father, right now, because of the alcohol, is not in his right mind. He's out in the boat. And I think he took, I don't know if they said he took a gun or something or whatever. You know, he's not in his right mind. So you're thinking, well, if he's going to do what I think he's going to do, i got to find a way to stop him. And according to Dottie, Mike was going to basically, you know, you know jump off a bridge. He was going to jump, jump off a bridge, you know, onto the boat if it passed by to try to prevent his father from doing something like that. But the boat never showed up, so apparently his father went someplace else, and for that time, turned out to be okay. But like she said, it got a lot more out of control over time, to where, as I mentioned, anytime they would come back from, you know, from being in town, uh, from being out of town, he would go to a bar, he would go to a, a, a convenience store and buy the cheapest bottle of wine, and as he's driving home, he would just chug, you know, he would just chug that wine bottle down. And it got to a point, it, it got to a point that from a financial standpoint, like I said, everything was starting to catch up with him, not just, you know, championship wrestling from Florida's situation financially, but also all the shady dealings that he was involved in um, outside of that, you know, within the state of Florida. And, you know, it got so bad, you know, with, you know, with all that, you know, mentally harboring down on him and consuming him along with the alcoholism that she mentioned one time when they went to when they came back into town and you know he tried to go to the convenience store to get you know another bottle of wine or alcohol whatever they were closed they were closed so what did he do he ended up going to a field because according to what she said when he would go to a convenience store and get the cheapest bottle of wine or whatever it was to drink on the way home while he's driving he would toss I guess very smartly on his part, you know, or dumb, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it, he would toss the bottle into a field, you know, that he would pass by. So that way, if the cops stopped him, obviously they wouldn't find any evidence on him of, oh, have you been drinking? And he'd be like, uh, no, do you see any bottles? No. Although probably they could smell it on him and that would be enough for them. But point is, she said basically it got so bad you know, for Eddie, not just from everything that was mentally falling upon him and everything, you know, but his alcoholism, alcoholism got so bad that when he came back one night from out of town, one of the one of the convenience stores he would go to was closed. So out of desperation, what did he do? She said he would go to that field and he would look around and he would find all these different bottles. I don't know if it was a field or a beach. It was one of them. But he would find all these bottles left behind by people. And whatever was left in those bottles, he would drink. He would drink the drags, as she called them. Out, uh, as, I think it was Dottie, Dottie's one that said He would drink the drags, the remains of those things down. Because he was, that, he was that so far gone when it came to his alcoholism. So what happened, unfortunately, is they did talk, to the part, to, uh, they did talk about the part where he took his life.
they did. Now, they did mention that, you know, when his son got into the ring and everything, they were tag champs together. But it was also hard for, you know, Eddie to, not Eddie, but for Mike to live up to his father's uh, legacy. And, of course, they talked about how Eddie was a very tough son of a gun. You know, and how he was one of those old school individuals that tried his very best to not only legitimize wrestling and everything as, you know, being real and on the same level as boxing and all that, but he would basically train individuals. He would train individuals that were in the bit that wanted to get in the business or what or were determined to get in the business and I should say, I should say that were determined to get in the business. He would train them, but to see if they really wanted to be in this business, he or he himself or he would have his fellow wrestlers or trainers break, if not sprain, some muscle and uh, bones and ligaments in these people to see if, hey, if I do, if we do this, we'll see whether or not these people still want to be, you know, part of the business or the or they're just all talk no walk. You know, they did talk about that, but of course, like I said, they did. And, and like I said, they did talk about how Mike got into, you know, was in the business, was tag team champs with his father, but also was, it was kind of hard for him to live up to what his father, um, um, had, you know, had left, you know, um, in his, you know, had left before, had left for him to follow in before, uh, beforehand is what I'm trying to say. So, as I was mentioning, they did get to the part where, you know, he took his life. Yeah. They did. They get. They went to the part where he took his life. And what happened was, it was his fifty-fifth birthday, and according to his granddaughter, she, of course, being young, not you know really understanding at the time what you know this all meant. Um, you know, talked about out how you know his father would tell him, of not father but her grandfather Eddie Graham would tell her, you know, because she was <laughs> like I said, she's young, she's curious and everything. And she wants to know, oh, what did you get for your birthday? What did you get for your birthday? And he would say, 55. And she didn't understand, you know, honestly, what that meant at the at that moment. But, you know, she said, like, she's like, 55 what? And he's like, 55 years. And again, she didn't really understand that moment, or what he meant at that moment, I should say, until it was too late. Because basically what happened is, uh, I think, I don't know if it was the wife or somebody uh, found him. He basically had was left alone, and he uh, shot himself twice. He shot himself twice um, in the head. I don't know if it was. I think it was, the way they described it, it was in the head. And he basically was barely alive. You know when they found him, and the doctors are like, "Look, we can't do anything for him. It's either we keep him this way, and he's not going to be the same after this. You know, like mentally, he's not all there anymore." You know, because he did what he did, and he's going to suffer, or you take him off life support. And Mike Graham said that he was in, uh, he was in, uh, at he was in Stanford, he was in Stanford, California, Palo Alto, California, you know, at the Super Bowl with uh, the Dolphins and the 49ers. And this is, you know, part of the episode where they were using archival footage from the RF studio interview, or RF video interview. And he said he was at the Super Bowl and everything when he got word. And he basically told his mom, Mom, look, we got, we got no choice. We have to pull it. We have to, we can't let him be like this. And that's what they did. And it was ruled pretty much by the newspapers and everything as a suicide. 
that's what it was ruled as. So, yeah, and so yeah, that basically was, you know, basically, you know, a very that was ba basically when you find out if you don't know, you know how how it came about and it, how it came about and everything, finding out here is, it's like man, that is not the best way to spend a birthday, you know, having those kind of thoughts and everything. But they did talk about how it weighed heavily on Mike Graham and every, uh, Mike Graham afterwards because Mike tried to take over, you know, as the as the owner and the booker of the of CWF, and they even mentioned how they tried to do an angle with the Freebirds because it's something that his father would want, and everything, and you know that, you know, obviously didn't go well over with anybody and. They ba basically Jim Cornette, I think it was Jim Cornette said that they were only doing it because they were desperate for stories because the crowds weren't coming anymore. Financially, it was not, you know, the company was, the promotion was not viable, you know, financially. So, my, so basically it ends up folding and Mike, of course, gets a job with WCW, you know, backstage as well as an, in, as an in-ring talent, you know, mostly enhancement. Sometimes he would get a win here and there. But he was, you know, he was, he was, he got a job at WCW, but then when that folded, you know, when that folded, you know, obviously he had a little bit of a job. Uh, I don't think they mentioned this because obviously I don't, I obviously they don't want to make WWE look bad in case WWE might come back, come down on them or something. Uh, but he did have a job, I think for a bit, not much, but he had a job for a bit with, um, you know, with WWE. In mostly in the developmental system. So he had a job with them. But he said, yeah, it, it weighed very... His father's death weighed very heavily on him. And he, and one of the things they mentioned is... And I don't know if they were putting... Trying to put the blame on, on Dusty or anything. But basically, one of the things they mentioned is that when Dusty left Florida, he took most of the crew with him. He took most of the Florida crew, you know, wrestlers and, you know, behind-the-scenes uh, staff with him, apparently. And that, and that made his father very, very upset at and everything. In addition to what, you know, it made his father mentally upset and everything. And in addition to everything going on. But like I said, Mike tried to take over afterwards. You know, it did not, you know, go the way he was hoping. And long story short, you know, they do get to where he took his life. But what was surprising about it is we find out that his son, I think his name was Stephen or something like that. Stephen, his son, had took his life before that. Yeah, his son, basically, and uh, the, the way they the way they uh, worded this, the way they panned it out, in my opinion, is it didn't seem like anything was really like wrong upstairs uh, with uh, Mike's son. You know, with Nicole's Nicole um, uh, brother. You know, nothing was mentally wrong upstairs. But one day, Nicole said, you know, she tried calling her brother. There was no answer. You know, Mike tried to call his son. No answer. So Nicole goes over uh, to where he's at and finds him. She finds him there. And apparently he had he, he had taken his life as well. He had taken his life as, as well. And again, the way they worded it, they presented it, it didn't seem like there was anything really mentally wrong uh, with, um, you know, with him. But apparently there was. And, and so in addition to his father passing before him, now his son has passed. And this is all weighing heavily on him and all that. And Nicole basically told her father, like, 
two years before he took his own life, that this stops with Stephen. This stops with, this stops now. This ends now with Stephen. No more. You know, because, you know, she has a daughter and she doesn't want her daughter to go through this or even ask questions as she gets older as to where's my, where's my grandfather? You know, what, you know, what's going on here? Da, da, da. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't want that. She doesn't want that. But unfortunately, you know, despite, you know, Nicole telling her father, this is enough, this ends here. And Mike saying, you're right, it does end here. We're done. You know, it's over. We can't do this anymore. Two years later, you know, they, they mentioned that he's on a vacation, you know, with his uh, wife and everything. And his wife says she's going to go out with some friends, you know, around town while they're on vacation. And when she leaves, what does Mike do? Mike obviously gets a gun. And then he gets his son's cowboy boots, which obviously he kept with him. And or he brought with them on the vacation, unbeknownst, I guess, to her or to his wife. And the moment and he puts and basically he puts them on. And the moment that, you know, the moment that basically the wife comes back into the to the house or wherever they're staying, she hears gunshots. And the moment she hears them, she walks right into the room and then she finds Mike. Um, dead on the bed, wearing the wearing his son the son's cowboy boots. And yeah, the, I mean that that is that is just you know hard to to imagine. You know you're going. It's, it's hard to imagine you either your husband or a wife, boyfriend or girlfriend. You know you're going out. You're saying, hey, I'm gonna go walk around the town, spend some time with friends. And then the moment you come back, thinking nothing's gonna happen, then you know then all of a sudden you hear gunshots and you're like, oh my god, what what's going? Oh my God! Don't tell me he did, and you know, lo and behold, that's what happened. Um, the one thing they did say that was kind of a common thing is when Eddie wrote his one of his last checks for eight dollars something cents for a bottle of wine or whatever it was, he put on there for peace of mind. And what happened is that Mike decided to get a tattoo on his left ankle with a flaming skull and everything with the word peace of mind and i don't know if steven i don't know if his son did that too i don't know if he did something similar but that was the one thing that was in comp they had in common like peace of mind and i guess you know they felt you know you know ending it all was going to give them that peace and it doesn't believe me that doesn't that's not the answer as my mom always says the lord above giving your life to him is the answer. That's the answer. Giving your life to Christ. That's the answer. But yeah, basically that was uh, that was one of the common threads that they talked about. And Nicole, obviously, from what it, from what the way she made it sound, she was dealing with certain situations until she got help and everything. And thus, she was able to also help found or help you know work with you know a, a center and an organization that you know deals with these kind of you know. Uh, 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 deals with these kind of situations where people have these these thoughts and everything so you know so yeah at least you know she can come out and say hey if I get the peace of mind tattoo which she plans to do you know at least she's going to do it in a way that she also has a message on there about hey you know get help and everything it's peace you're going to have peace of mind but you need to get help and everything too to have that peace of mind or, or something like that um anyway one thing that was interesting that they brought up was 
apparently this wasn't just something that, you know, um, you know, it wasn't just something that, you know, instantly popped in their minds and everything. Like, okay, this is how we're going to deal with our troubles. We're just going to take ourselves out of the equation. No. Apparently, from what they found out, is that it, it seemed to be heretical. Because the because Eddie's father, Eddie Graham's father, took his life. Eddie's uncle took his life. And thus, I guess from a heretical standpoint, it just got passed on to Eddie and then Steve, and to Mike, Stephen. And then, thankfully, you know, Nicole was able to shed that, you know, heredity. She was basically able to say, like, look... If I have it, I'm getting rid of it. I'm not going to have those thoughts. I'm going to get the help I did, I need. And she did. You know, she did. You know, thank the Lord on that. And hopefully she has found the Lord to give her that peace of mind she's looking for. Um, they did talk about what's happened with the Armory, where, you know, Championship Wrestling from Florida would be. And they mentioned it's been turned into a community center, youth center. Uh, it looks like a Christian one and everything, baptism, whatever it was. And they have a they have a mural on there, of you know of champion for championship wrestling from Florida, basically indicating, you know indicating excuse me there, you know the origins, of um, you know of you know the the building and everything and how it came to be. And yeah, she did kind of tear up when she she saw that she she did tear up when she was at the mural and everything, looking at all the pictures, and all that. And they had a picture of Mike and Eddie as tag champs and everything and again like she said she, she teared up but again thank the lord she has gotten help because she does not want her family her daughter or anything to, to have to go through this any you know anymore she you know she doesn't want that um anyway though it anyway though it was a very interesting episode because a lot of the people they talk to you you could tell that still kind of bothers them especially mike's situation and how you know how that came to be and everything, and I think even Sullivan mentioned, uh, you know, he got a call from from Mike saying that he loves him, and that he, you know, and he said, "Oh, I love you too," and everything. And that's usually mostly not a good sign when you get that, uh, and all and everything. So, so yeah, it is a it was a very um, intense episode. I will put it, overall overall I will say this: it was a very intense episode. And um, you know, if you gonna if you're gonna watch it. You know, the, the like they said at the beginning of the episode, viewer discretion is advised because it deals with these subjects and everything. But yeah, um, all I could say is, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is going to go down as probably one of the darker episodes they've done this season, if not for the entire series, in my opinion. So yeah, um, overall it was a good episode, and I and I do highly recommend watching it if you if you've heard about the grant if you kind of know. A little bit about the Graham family's history, but not entirely. This is an episode to watch, but again, viewer discretion is advised. And they do put up the help hotline for anybody that's going through these, you know, mental, you know, situations and contemplations and everything and all that. So they did put that on, which I thought was good on their part, honestly. Uh, next week, they're going to be talking about Doink the Clown. Uh, it's called, it's going to be entitled, What Happened? I think it's going to be titled, Whatever Happened to Doink the Clown? And um, it's going to be focused mostly on Matt Bourne. Because obviously a lot of people were wondering, okay, why are they doing an episode on Doink? There were many people that portrayed Doink. No. What this one's going to do is it's going to focus on the original Doink. It's going to focus on Matt Bourne. 
So in other words, it's going to touch upon his career before Doink and after Doink and everything. So it's going to so it's going to be a very dark episode itself because there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that Matt Bourne um uh was a uh, you know a, a dealt with basically he dealt with, you know, outside of the ring, you know, like drugs, alcohol, but other stuff that believe me, you know, believe me when I say this, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say there. Believe me. If you ever thought Dark Side of the Ring couldn't get dark two times in a row, it's going to get dark. It got dark here with the Graham, Dyn the Graham family story, and it's going to get dark with the next one with, you know, Doink the Clown, mostly Matt Bourne. But again, but yeah, again, if anybody was wondering, okay, why would they do an episode on Doink when there's more than one Doink? It's going to be the original Doink they talk about, Matt Bourne, and what he's dealt, you know, obviously they're going to touch upon his career before he became Doink. And obviously they're going to touch upon, like I said, what he dealt with outside of the ring, drugs, alcohol, and other things that, again, you want, if you like your dark, atmospheric, you know, documentary, documentary, uh, uh, let me, okay. What I'm trying to say is if you like your, if you like back-to-back, -back, uh, dark, uh, dark atmospheres for your documentary series, that's what I was trying to say, you're going to get it. Um, uh, here you're gonna get it here. You got it last night with uh, the Graham Dynasty, and you're gonna get it um, uh, next week with Doink. So yeah, uh, what I was trying to say is, if you like your, if you're a fan, if you're intrigued by the the dark the dark tone and everything, if you're a fan of that, you're gonna get it back to back with this series. Um, you know, not just yesterday, or if you ever watched yesterday's episode, but also next week's um, as well. But anyway, though, guys, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Let me know what your thoughts are down below. Comment if you like. Live chat during the premiere. Super chats are open during the premiere of the video. I will put that in the description. Also, check me out at BW Rose's Discussions Podcast to get audio podcast versions of these videos. You will get an audio podcast version of this after it premieres. But guys, give me your thoughts overall. Also, support me at my Teespring store by clicking the shop button the moment the uh, info, the title info and everything comes up on the screen. Uh, click on that. That'll help me out tremendously. Got a new item up there. Basically celebrating 15 years here on YouTube. Check that out. Also, you can find me at patreon.com. BWRussis. $1 tier gets you a shout-out. $3 tier gets you a shout-out. And access to content before anybody else. And a $5 tier gets you the, you know, get you the first two things as well as the Q&A down the line. But guys, let me know what your thoughts are overall. How do you feel about this episode and everything overall? If you did see it, what did you learn from it that you may may have not known originally? And uh, yeah, next week, like I said, they're doing Doink. And it, as I mentioned, if you're a fan of the dark atmospheric tone of these kind of series, you're going to get your share, you know, uh, continued next week. But until next time, but until then, guys, I will talk to you later.